Welcome to episode number 53. I'm Luke Winstall. This is the Luke Winstall Show. Today I'm joined by Ryan Broyles, former Oklahoma and Detroit Lions wide receiver. Ryan was drafted in the second round by the Detroit Lions after being one of the best players ever to play college football, finishing top three in FBS history and total catches and total yards for a career. Ryan made headlines while he was in the NFL because he lived on $60,000 a year despite a multi-million dollar contract. He chose to live within his means so that he could be prepared for life after football, which is where he is now after retiring from the NFL in 2015 and the XFL in this past year. On the show with Ryan, we talked about the Oklahoma football program, playing in Detroit for the Lions, and more. Now we'll dive into the interview. Ryan, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk with you today. My first question for you, what was your life like growing up? My life, what was a life like growing up, man? Well, see, I guess that's a loaded question, but man, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma. Um, grew up with three other siblings, um, went to grade school right here in Norman, Oklahoma, um, Lived here all the way through high school, played college ball here in Norman, Oklahoma as well, with the University of Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, we were just active kids. We're always into sports. Uh, my parents worked two jobs sometimes, so we always understood, you know, it, it, what it took to be successful. Um, and so they definitely showed that way uh, with their work work mentality. And then they, all, they obviously always wanted the best for, from us in school, um, strive for us to be great, um, I guess, kids. And in the day, man, just great people. Um, so that's, that's a little snapshot of my childhood. How were you first introduced to the game of football? Uh, second grade, I started playing football. My father is from Chicago, so he was a big Bears fan. So it was always Chicago um, Bears or the Dallas Cowboys since I'm here in Oklahoma. Uh, football was always on TV. Second grade, my, my parents were like, all right, it's time for you to go out there. Um, so started playing flag football at that time and really got introduced to all sports, um, I guess officially in second grade, but we grew up, man, I remember holding the football at the third, three years old, you know, so, um, sports has always been a part of our life. Well, when was the moment when you realized that you could be a collegiate and eventually a pro athlete? Man, uh, I've always had aspirations of being an NFL athlete, you know, in second grade when I started playing football. Um, I wanted to be uh, um, Terrell Davis, a running back. Um, so obviously, NFL was always on TV um, on Sundays. Um, so I always had aspirations of making it there. But I guess the, the big aha moment for me would probably be um, in seventh grade um, when one of my coaches, which was um, one of my best friend's dads, he saw me grow up and I was a running back. And he was like, Ryan, if you want to make it to the next level, um, at least in the college, you need to go from running back or actually quarterback from running back and then you need to play receiver so at that at that moment in seventh grade he was like hey let's go ahead and move you over here learn a skill set that we think you're going to excel at um so scott e cox is the one um, that pretty much directed me and i just started building my my uh my skills um, at the receiver position after that well you're very well known for having an exceptional college career you're on the all-time fbs leaderboards in both career catches and career yards and recently, multiple outlets have named you to the Oklahoma All-Decade Team and some to the Power Five All-Decade Team, which, you know, judging by your career is not really a surprise. But for Oklahoma, there's been so much talent that has come out of there. Guys like Marquise Brown, Dee Dee Westbrook, 
Sterling Shepard, Jalen Saunders, Justin Brown, Kenny Stills. The list goes on. So what do you think has made OU such a good producer of top talent at that position? Man, I think you can just go back to the very beginning, man. You know, the Barry Switzer days, you know, and then obviously Stoops came in. There's always been high caliber players, no matter really what position it was. Um, but, yeah, to make any good receiver, you've got to have quality quarterbacks. And so Stoops definitely had that early 2000s. Um, and then obviously in my time, I played under a Heisman quarterback, Sam Bradford, in 08 and uh, 09. Um, and then obviously the, the younger guys now have the, the, the pr- prolific quarterbacks. You know, we just had Jalen uh, Hurts this past year. Obviously everyone knows Kyler Murray before that. Heisman guy, Baker Mayfield, Heisman guy, and I think we got a couple Heisman guys on our on our roster right now. But yeah, it starts at the quarterback position and just all around having great athletes. You know, offense line was always good, the defense was always good, um, and giving us an opportunity. And then, you know, if you have a powerhouse offense or a really university like Oklahoma, you get the greatest coaches. So it's really an all around deal. And then, and then Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma is a great place. We breed football, we love football. Um, so it just makes for a whole great football atmosphere and guys that come here they produce man what was your favorite part of being in norman oklahoma what makes it so special well it's home man i grew up here uh, so i really don't know much else outside of going to detroit when i play in the nfl but it's home man it's, it's a good place you know um it, i wouldn't say it's a small town but most people would think so it's the third biggest city in oklahoma um just over a hundred thousand people um so for most people it would be small but here in normal or here in oklahoma it's a big city um it's a great place, good school system. You know, it's a safe place to be. And like I said, you know, we all look for, we love sports here. Um, so I think that's what makes our town so special. Well, now it's time for our rapid fire segment. I've got five questions for you. One of them, actually, you kind of hinted on the quarterback play at Oklahoma has been exceptional, especially in the past decade or 12 years or so. Who is the best quarterback to play at Oklahoma in the past 10 to 12 years? <laughs> The best quarterback in the last 10 to 12 years, man. I really, the, to be honest with you, the, the, the guy that's under center, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> they're all going to make plays, man. They all have something to offer, you know. I think um, Josh Heupel led the way in early 2000s to the Nate Hibbles, to the Jason White, to the Sam Bradford, to the Landry Jones. Man, it just, there's it, the list goes on there. Well, who's the guy that you hated playing against most at any level, high school, college, or in the pros? The guy that I hated to play against, um, Prince of Mucamero. I believe he's still with the New York Giants right now. He played at Nebraska. Um, he was always one of my biggest components or uh, opponents um, when I was in college. Um, you know, I feel like every we always played in the Big 12 championship together. I was one of the better receivers on my team. He was one of the better corners on his team, so we always were matched up. Um, he's a good friend of mine to this day, but he always gave me fits out there. Well, not including yourself, who's the greatest wide receiver of all time? Of all time, on any level? Any level. Jeez, man. You know, I guess to be politically correct, you have to go with Jerry Rice. But, man, I, during my day, it was Randy Moss. Um, so that he was always exciting to watch. And then after that, Chad Johnson. Um, you know, I, receivers, man, they all have something special to offer. But I guess for, for me, honestly, Randy Moss would probably be one of the guys. Not just because of what he did on the field, but, you know, it's a, a guy that I looked up to growing up. If you could have dinner with any living person, who would it be and why? Any living person, who would it be and why? That's a deep one, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, 
Uh, there's, there's so many, man. But I, I would probably say Warren Buffett. I think Warren Buffett would be one. Uh, just his business philosophy, I think it trickles down. And no matter what profession you're in, I would love to sit down with him. I think he offers a million-dollar hour lunch session. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that would be my best bang for my buck if I got the wish. Well, now a little bit of an easier question for you to finish off the segment. What's your favorite song right now? My favorite song right now? Man, honestly, I'm not into well, I'm into music. I, it'd be more genres. Uh, my, my wife gives me a hard time all the time. I, I rarely hear words. It's all about the beat and the way it feels. So I'm a BPM guy right now, a little techno, just to get a little buzz. Like, like I said, I don't listen to words much, so I can't really just give you a name. But what's playing in my household constantly on YouTube or the phone, it's always Michael Jackson. I got a four-year-old boy, loves to dance, so it's always Michael Jackson. Oh, man, that's my favorite. What's your go-to Michael Jackson song? Uh, well, his is Thriller, so I guess right now, <laughs> if I had to choose, it's got to be Thriller because that's going to be the first one that we play. Um, but All About Us, man, there's there's just so many great songs. They all have good vibes to them. Um, I can't, what is that? Um, I just introduced my little boy to Free Willy. Remember the movie? Yep. You might be too young, but Free Willy and whatever that movie, whatever that song was, man, I almost makes you want to cry like the main theme song to that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. One of the first gifts that I got when I was younger was a Michael Jackson's Number Ones album, and I still listen to it pretty much every month. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. All good vibes. Well, you mentioned that you'd like to have dinner with Warren Buffett, and you made headlines throughout your career, and even now that you've retired now, that you were that NFL player or the pro athlete who was really living pretty conservatively i guess about sixty thousand dollars a year is what i was reading and you had a multi-million dollar contract why'd you choose to live that way and kind of live a simpler type of life when you played um i think i picked up the right books man about financial literacy you know um passive income uh, i'm really not working for the man when i was done playing so whatever money i had it was it comes in and i always try to figure out where to invest it instead of spending on liabilities so rich dad poor dad was one of the first books that i ever read um really before i got the first check um and it just put a, a it just changed my mentality and you know uh me and my wife when we moved out to detroit we didn't have much in college so we kind of lived that same life lifestyle when we got up there um, you know, we didn't really buy new furniture, you know, we didn't buy new cars, so it was pretty much easy to transfer, or, or I guess move there and spend 60000 was like we were kings compared to what we were spending in college. Well, you mentioned being up there and playing in Detroit, you got to be playing alongside Calvin Johnson, and he's a really smart guy off the field as well as on the field. What did you pick up from Calvin just getting to be around him? Ah, uh, man, what did I pick up from? That's a loaded question, too. You know, there's there's obviously the sports talk and, and, and the way he, he carried himself as a professional on the football field, and there's Calvin Johnson off the field, man. But on the football field, obviously, he came to work to, to, to be great. You know, he didn't, he didn't have too many words when he was sitting in the meeting rooms, whereas most receivers crack jokes. You know, he was there to study. He was there to learn. He came to clock in and make plays. Um, and then off the field, he was a real humble guy. Both his, his parents were teachers, so, you know, he always had his head on straight. Um, and, and life was never too big for him. You know, him making plays and being a all pro and things like that, you know, it was like he, he was destined to do those things. So he showed a lot of humility and, you know, a lot of guys picked up on that. And I definitely appreciate that. Um, at least seeing that as a young guy. Well, now you've got a real estate business that I've been reading about. How did you start that? And what's that been like for you? Um, I actually started that my rookie year in the NFL, man. Like I said, I, I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he started talking about, 
um, assets and liabilities. And, you know, one of the biggest assets you can buy is a, is a, is a house. Um, and I picked up some financial books and I talked about investing in the stock market. Um, so I, I played both of those games and I feel like I had more control on the real estate side. So as I was playing the game of football, I started investing some properties. And then once I retired, um, opened up a property management company, started self-managing our properties. And then we started buying more and more properties. And, um, you know, I just put my head down. It worked when I was in the league and I was like, this is what I'm going to do when I'm done. How's your business doing right now? Now that you've been going at it for a few years? Oh, it's good, man. I think we're, we're, we're in a good spot. Um, it's to the point now where we don't have to go search for deals. You know, people, uh, they know what we do now and they send us probably two, three deals a day. Um, and we get to pick and choose what we want to get done, man. You've recently decided to retire. I'm wondering with your business and what's been going on there, did that make the retirement decision a little easier for you to know that you have somewhere else to go to outside of football? Yeah, man. Well, funny story. I retired in 2015 from the NFL. Um, and then I had an opportunity of going to the XFL this past, um, I guess over the past six months or so, um, got drafted there before we, we did contracts and things like that. But, you know, I had a, you know, it, it's tough to walk away from a multi-million dollar business. And then, you know, I have a, a little boy that was just born. He was a month old, uh, yesterday. Um, so it was just tough to walk away from those things, man. You know, I love the game of football, but I think I'm in a, in a new phase of my life right now. Um, have to feed some feed some people of my family obviously so it's just a it's just a different mentality right now i knew football wasn't gonna last much longer um and i'm just at the beginning of my my real estate career man so i'm excited to continue to detect that yeah and you mentioned the xfl you were drafted into play as you said do you think this rendition of the league can make it can they make it work the aaf couldn't get it the xfl the first time didn't do they have a shot now to make it happen well, I think they do. You know, I think it, at least for me, I, I wanted to be a part of something that was fresh. Obviously, it wasn't new. They were 20 years ago or so, but um, they've got good organization, man. They've, they're fully funded for three years, which in any business, you can do that. You can stay alive. You can learn the hiccups and, and still be able to pay people. Um, so I think they got that. And then obviously this past weekend, there was some good football. Obviously, it could be cleaner. Um, but it was a good first week, and then obviously you hear the TV attendance, you hear about, or I guess the people that watched the game, and then you hear about all the people that went to the game. It looks very promising for them. Do you have a team that you're rooting for? Well, I got I got to go to Dallas Renegades, man. My my college coach Bob Stoops is out there, old quarterback um, Landry Jones, one of my my good friends Frank Alexander playing a DN man. So I think <laughs> I got to go Dallas Renegades all day. Awesome, well, Ryan. That's all the questions I had for you. Thank you for joining me. All right, sweet man. Thanks for having me. That concludes today's show. Thank you to Ryan and to his agent, Brandy Runyon from Black Diamond PR, for helping to set up the interview. Next week on The Luke Winstall Show, Trey Harris, 2019 Atlanta Braves Minor League Player of the Year, will join me on the show. We'll talk about his meteoric rise to prominence in the Atlanta Braves system from a 32nd round pick to a top 25 prospect in one of the three best minor league systems in baseball. We get ready for spring training and more with Trey Harris on episode 54, coming next Monday at 8 a.m. I'm Luke Winstall. Thank you all for tuning in to The Luke Winstall Show. This has been episode number 53.